This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down everything districts five and six, week in, week out. My name is Brandon Bainey. I'm joined by our East Idaho expert, Sean Kane. Sean, Howdy. what's up? Not much, just, you know, watching U.S. Open tennis, you know, Serena's last dance, as they would say. So that's what I've been kind of doing, watching that and, you know, catching up on the football. I had to go back to the, you know, luckily Idaho Idaho Sports has all those games you can go back and watch because I went camping this weekend while you guys worked hard. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I've been going back and watching a lot of those games. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I was going to say, this is why we're the odd couple, because right now in terms of like sports I would be watching, it would probably be like uh, football. Obviously, college football has started. NFL is going to be baseball. I'm a big baseball fan. We're getting into the, you know, the final month of the regular season. Like tennis, tennis is pretty low on the list for me, but that's like your number one because, yeah, I mean, tennis is your favorite sport. U.S. Open is my favorite. Besides Wimbledon, I love the U.S. Open. Love the end of the year atmosphere in New York, and uh, yeah, pretty big on college football too. And uh, and uh, I like baseball in October. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we're we're almost there. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not ready to hit fast forward on anything yet though, because we are still technically in August as we're recording this. But by the time people are listening to this, the calendar will have turned to September. And so last week we had a full fledged week of competition across. Just about every sport, just about every school was involved. And so let's dive right into it. Football, you know, there was all these crazy things that happened, right? There were some some really lopsided games at the Rocky Mountain Rumble. There were a couple of smaller um, schools in East Idaho that uh, found themselves on the wrong end of some scores. But I want to I start with some stability, the one constant that we can pretty much take to the bank for the last several years. And that is the West Side Pirates. I knew that. I knew when he said that that was going to be it. And that was the first score I looked. I can't. I was up in the mountains, and the first score I wanted to see was that first West Side game. And sure enough, West Side didn't give any points. Right, the classic West Side defense. Um, you know they'll score two hundred and something points this year and give up eight. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And so they get a twenty-two to nothing shutout. And. He- you know, I bought I bought into the I drank the Kool Aid a little bit. So we do we do these statewide football previews, and Tyson Moser, the the coach at Westside, he's now the athletic director there as well. He sent in his preview, and you know he was kind of like, yeah, you know it's going to be tough for us. We lost a very talented senior class, and you know we we're going to have to break in some new guys, and and even you know the coaches kind of agreed and picked Bear Lake in the preseason coaches poll. Now that could still come to fruition, but. I think Coach Moser was underselling his team just a little bit. Now, are they going to be as dominant as they've been in the past? I don't think so, but they're they're going to be good again, and they will be in contention for the two A title. They've got uh, his son Parker Moser back as as you know the main running back. Eli Brown is Blaze Brown's younger brother. He's at quarterback for this team. They bring back some really good linemen. So I mean, it's like death taxes. West Side football, right? Yeah, they. And, you know, Firth brings back a bunch of good people too. Uh, their quarterback, Vlasquez, and they've got they've got a good team. So to go out there and do that with essentially a, a new group of uh, dudes, right, and beat a team that is going to, you know, you're going to put money on Firth being in the playoffs too, right? And ah, that's crazy. And I think that's been the opening game, I think they said, for like 13 or 14 years now. And it's always, it's always really close. Last year it was like 22-23. So 
Um, yeah, Westside is. I think they all have brothers. All those, all those kids that graduated had brothers or something, man. A lot of same last names. Yes, and that's small town football at its finest. And Firth, um, you mentioned uh, last year. You know, Firth almost beat Westside in that regular season opener. It went to overtime. Westside basically needed a rally at the very end of regulation, and so it was a wild game for Firth. And you're right, Gage Vasquez is back at quarterback. There's Alex Vasquez back on the team. There, all the parks are back. Burton Park, Sam Park. You know, the one guy Firth lost, and this kind of went under the radar, and I didn't even notice until I was calling this team's game at the Rocky Mountain Rumble. But Eric Blonquist, star defensive end, younger brother of Athen Blonquist, who was a great defensive lineman, he transferred to Skyline. Oh. So he's he's playing for the Grizzlies now. So, okay. yeah, I <laughs> totally wasn't on my radar until I – saw him suited up for skyline last week so that, uh, we'll get to skyline in a second but man west side wins 22 nothing the game actually was called early i don't know if you saw this or not sean they they were having like some power outages at firth's field the first time it happened they were able to get everything back up and running the second time it happened it was like in the fourth quarter there wasn't much time left and they're like let's just call it a night yeah i, I didn't i didn't see that part of it but yeah that's I know there was some lightning going on in the weekend too, so that was a, a common occurrence. It seemed like across the state, definitely. Um, so, so Westside gets a win. You know, I'll be honest; they weren't. I've, I vote in the media poll every week for you know the football media poll. Uh, first two weeks, Westside was not in my top five. I was kind of you know going off of what the coaches had said in the preseason in the preseason conference poll and all that stuff yeah west side's in there now they're the, the number one team in my poll so i learned my lesson certainly um and, and firth i think is still going to be a great team as well right how many times have they started the year with a loss to west side and then still gotten deep into the playoffs so yeah and i think it's i think it's um west side's coach who said you know it's if it's a game either team loses it's it's not that big of a deal because it's not a conference game of course you want to go out and win it but he said that's just so important important for both teams to go out there and see what they have to work with. And you, you gear it one way or the other. And, you know, first has been able to turn that around into super strong playoff runs. So, you know, that's what you got to do. You got to go out and play those tough games and get the, get the fellows ready. Yeah. 33 game winning streak now for Westside. Um, the next closest, I'm trying to think the next closest was skyline, but they lost last week. And so you're talking single digits for like the next team with the biggest, longest uh, winning streak. It might be Oakley at the one, a level, but um, so 33 games in a row for West side, uh, the win streak continues. Last time they lost was September 7th, 2019 to snake river. And they only lost that game seven to six. So who knows how long this streak could be speaking, speaking of snake river, they have the record, right? Most consecutive wins. I think it was 54, back mm -hmm. in the late 90s anyways we'll get to snake river in a second as well Let, let's finish up with the 2a football discussion the the other you know like i thought the game of the week honestly was the game we had on idahosports.com and it was uh the other district five district six matchup in 2a it was bear lake traveling to north fremont and this game was wild as well you know north fremont had a couple of like big plays that turned into long touchdowns and late in the game, you know, bear Lake threatened, right? They were driving. There was just over a minute to go. They had the ball inside the 10, but then they got pushed back to the 15. It was, it was fourth down. 
Bear Lake went for it, uh, didn't get it. Uh, I think they went for a field goal, actually. They went for the field goal, didn't get it, and um, North Fremont survives 24-22. But I think both of these teams are going to be really good this year as well. Yeah, like you said earlier, Bear Lake was picked number one in the conference for 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 a week. <laughs> I don't think that will hold. But uh, they're, they're coming back really strong, too. And, you know, if you have Fremont in the name, they're usually good at sports and North Fremont, that I mean, that yeah, that was an instant classic. I watched some of that. Just two tough, really good defensive teams that kind of some big plays were the turn of the tide in that. And that's that's kind of what you see sometimes at 2A level. You can see a lot of back and forth, back and forth, and someone breaks a 50-yard touchdown or something, and that could be the game, you know, so super close. Yeah, Carson Packer, 133 yards on 13 carries for uh, North Fremont in the victory. And I, I really do think North Fremont, their ceiling is very high this year. And obviously, so is Bear Lakes as uh, those two teams battled uh, to a pretty entertaining ball game. Uh, West Jefferson was in action at the 2A ranks. They were playing Wendell. They got shut out 21 to nothing. You know, West Jay's got a new coach this year in um, in uh Kit Blanchard. They've got um, a lot of new players that they had to, you know, they lost a lot to graduation. So they remain to be a work in progress. Um, they made the playoffs last year, though. So we'll, we'll always keep an eye on them. Um, you had Ryrie traveling to Soda Springs. And we talked about last week how Soda was kind of the bad luck team last year. And they, they really wanted to come out and challenge themselves. They got waxed by sugar Salem. And then they rebounded with a nice 30 to 20 win over a Ryrie team that I think is going to be better than people think. Yeah. Again, you know, Soda Springs going out and playing those tough teams is I think it's going to pay off as it goes on. And that's, that's a nice win. I think for uh, a Soda, uh, you know, like a Soda Springs is kind of looking to get on track. Definitely. And, and even Malad, you know, Malad went and played Lyman, Wyoming. Lyman is a three, a power in the, in the state of Wyoming, very solid program. And Malad only lost 14 to nothing. They've got a new coach, Kobe Crozier. He's actually a former West side assistant. So Malad's hoping he can bring some of that pirate magic to the dragons. (laughs) um, Even for Malad losing 14, nothing. I thought they had a lot to be encouraged by as well. So. Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, a little changing of the tide in Malad, but that's a that's a good place to get started. I love their mascot, the Dragons, and uh, yeah, good good for them. You know, a lot of teams just really reaching out and getting a lot of different teams on the schedule, which I don't remember seeing so much as maybe this year, um, as in years past, as getting those out of state teams on the schedule. Right, I think everybody's ready. Uh, you know, post COVID now to get back to you know, playing more than just the teams that are in your geographic area, you know, playing some interesting non-conference games. Um, All right, let's, let's make the jump then from two a to, to the eight man classic. Let's, let's talk real quick about uh, what, what happened in the eight man ranks. I guess there was nobody from East Idaho playing in the eight man classic, but let's just finish off the smaller schools and then we'll go to the, to the bigger schools. To me, the most surprising result from the weekend in eight man football was Rockland, you know, a preseason top five team, uh, uh, one of a very small number of teams that people think could maybe hang with Kendrick, the defending champs. They got loose to Camas County, fifty-four to twenty-six. I was very surprised by this result. Yeah, and the and the Pickums thing, I definitely picked Rockland, so I was I was super surprised to see this score. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure what happened there, but I I still think Rockland will have a pretty solid year. You know, it's a non-conference game, so 
Uh, I think going into that, into the conference play, they should be all right. Definitely. Uh, yeah. A friendly reminder. That's a good, good reminder, Sean. Our, our pigskin picks uh, game is back this uh, fall where uh, you pick every football game in the state. And here's a little pro tip. The, the picks don't actually lock until Friday night at seven o'clock. So this year we're seeing more and more Thursday night games because of uh, referee shortages and things like that. So all those Thursday games are like freebies, right? You, you <laughs> see who won and then you just go in and fill it in and you, you can, you can change your picks. So um, it doesn't lock till Friday. It's at seven o'clock. So they, that's a pro tip there. Uh, the, the weekly winner gets 25 bucks. Our first winner, Sean, any guesses on where he was from? Um, Kellogg. I know. I don't know. You're close. It is. It's a North town. That stuff's the K Kootenai. Kootenai. All, the up, all the way up. Uh, a, a Kootenai warriors fan <laughs> all the way up go. in North Idaho. So we had to send that check in the mail. So you win 25 bucks. If you get the, the most, games picked correctly for the week and then we keep a season-long tally as well and here's a cool thing we're doing this year at idaho sports whoever wins the season-long contest right who who has the best track record throughout the whole season we are going to make a 250 dollars donation to that person's favorite school so that could be you know it could be century where you're at john it could be snake river it could be middleton i mean it could be anywhere so that's wow. why you really want to play first of all it's fun it's fun to beat the experts like me and sean but it's also you know you could potentially be helping your school now 250 dollars drop in the bucket but you know it's, it's something not, it's not nothing right yeah absolutely yeah so uh you can find that right on the homepage idahosports.com our pigskin pick them contest um okay i forgot what we were talking about oh rockland yeah so rockland drops that game that was pretty surprising the Bulldogs will have a chance to rebound this week. They will, um, well, maybe not this week. Oh, yes. Okay, they do. They they will be playing Chalice Mackie. And so let's talk about Chalice Mackie, Sean. This is a, a co-op that was formed kind of like in the 11th hour. Basically, uh, Chalice and Mackie had their own teams last year, lost a lot to graduation, didn't have the turnout they were hoping for for fall camp. So they kind of got together, you know, they've co-opted in baseball and softball the past couple of years. And so they got together and said, you know, what if we co-opt in football? And so they kind of put a schedule together. They're, they're going to be competing as a one, AD one school. So they're going to be in chalices conference with Butte County and grace. Um, it was, it was kind of a cool deal. I went back and watched the film of their first game on Friday night. They lost to castle Ford 48, nothing, but it was cool to see it. The game was in Mackie. The The first couple games will be in Mackie, and then the games later in the year will be in Chalice for the home games. And um, the, the uniforms were different, but everybody had their own unique number. So that was cool to see. There, yeah, that's that's a uh, that's that's pretty pretty cool. And you know, it's nice because you get you get the sport keeps going. You know, you hate to see it where they can't um, continue to play in the smaller area because they don't have enough guys. And we've seen that in a couple things with basketball and stuff. So it's, I'm glad that they're able to do that and continue to play. And yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of cool. They probably could come up with some unique, um, logo for that, but I'm sure both stadiums just are phenomenal settings to watch football up there in the mountains. Yes, definitely. And so, yeah, people were wondering, you know, what are they going to be called? You know, in baseball, their co-op has been called the river cats for a really long time. Um, that they're calling themselves 7C because that is 7C is is Custer County on the okay. license plate. Um, and that's the county that Chalice and Mackey are in. So it's, you know, 7C Chalice Mackey. 
and that's what their team is called. They don't really have a nickname, so to speak, but um, it's exciting that they're able to play football. They're going to play Rockland uh, this Friday evening. Um, also in Rockland's conference is North Gem. They played the Malad JV in kind of a, an 11 man, eight man hybrid type deal, I think is what it was. Malad won 20, uh, 22 to nothing. And in the victory, Sean, they attempted zero passes. <laughs> That's the North Gym we've come to expect, right? Was it just running the ball? Yes. We're going to run it 50 times. <laughs> yeah, that basically, that, that is exactly it for, for North Gym. Um, they did have a lot of standout performers. Um, obviously, they have a lot to replace, but they, they really think they've got a system in place. And, and so those players are really good at, at pounding the rock. Um, for North Jam. And now North Jam gets to play Camas County. It's it's a Camas County returns to the scene of the crime. If you'll remember last year in the opening round of the playoffs, North Jam was undefeated. Camas County had barely gotten in and Camas County went to, to Bancroft and shocked the Cowboys and upset them in the first round of the playoffs. So now Camas County coming off this big win over Rockland get, gets chance to take out North Jam again. That's going to be an interesting game on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. A tough way to start your season for whoever loses those games, right? But really kind of momentum shifter for Camas County uh, to get those. That's two big wins if they can come out of out of that second one. So, you know, we'll just have to see what happens there. But uh, North Gem will probably have something to say about that. Well, and, and conversely, if North Gem gets the win, then they have to be feeling pretty good about, you know, where they stand up against Rockland as well as Rockland, you know, lost to Camas County pretty handily. So uh, it'll be an interesting measuring stick game for sure. Water Springs is the other 1A D2 team. They beat Hanson in a shootout 42 to 40. Did you see the stat line for Drew Plocker of Water Springs, Sean? I did not. Uh, nope. He so he 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 does it all for Water Springs. He plays quarterback. Um, he runs the ball a lot. He obviously throws the ball. He's he's an all-state defensive back. He kicks and punts. He's a return man. He I mean he is the engine that makes Water Springs move. Check this out. He rushed for three hundred three yards and three touchdowns. He threw for hundred forty-five yards and a touchdown. And he collected 14 tackles on defense as well. All right. Well, he's the he's the fancy player you want on your team coming up here. If you have a defensive slot too, right? Jeez. He uh he did it all. For sure. And so Water Springs got a very tight 42 to 40 win over Hansen. Um, they are working with a new coach uh this year as well up there at Water Springs in Idaho Falls, and they are now. Um, off this week. Uh, 1A D1, we talked about Chalice Mackey. It's cool that they're co-oping. The bad news is, is they're in the same conference as Butte County and Grace. Grace uh, played Cary. Cary now is a 1A D1 school, and Grace got a 7 to nothing shutout. It's not often that, A, you beat Cary, but B, you shut him out, and that's exactly what Grace did. Yeah, Cary beats teams 50 to 10, right? I mean, Cary yeah. puts up points, so I mean, to shut out a Curry team is just kind of un unreal. You'd be hard pressed to see too many shuts out shutouts in Curry. I would, I would I would imagine. Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting as Curry will now host Butte County this Friday night, and you can catch that game on IdahoSports.com uh, Friday night, seven o'clock kickoff. And speaking of Butte County, oh my Lanta, Butte County uh, played Valley in their season opener Friday 
and they ended up coming away with a, a pretty significant win. The final score was 66 to, or excuse me, 62 to 12. They were up 62 to nothing at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm guessing that, that some of the other players got, got a chance to get some minutes in in the second half. Would be my yes. would be my guess, and and that's what you want to do. You want to get people time. Um, you don't want to in games like that. You know, as a as a coach, I'm always thinking you just don't want anyone to get injured. Um, for just something silly, and uh, and and the playing time just so important. And then you know, Valley's still gonna still had to go out and compete and and get time. And, and you know, football becomes uh, how many reps you get, how many game time situations do you get to play those things, those different scenarios, and and. Uh, and sometimes just getting that can just really help out um, later on in the season. Definitely. Um, and for uh, for Butte County, you mentioned that the subs played in the, in the second half. Yeah, check out this uh, stat line from running back Trayton Allen. He, he's an all-state running back. He carried the ball four times. Three of the four touches went for touchdowns. And he had like 104 yards rushing on four carries. Okay. Well, there must have been a hole there, I guess. I don't know for the whole field is this boom, boom, but yeah, wow. That's <laughs> that sounds like um uh West Side's running back um from last year. What's his name? Oh, Cage Brokens. Brokens was always like eh, six or seven carries, 200 yards, million touchdowns. So <laughs> His, yeah. night, his night's done. Maybe he'll go make some tackles. I don't know. You know, that's kind of how I was. Cage Brokens was always getting those just big old runs. Yeah. And, and spoiler alert, um, there's a younger Brokens that's on West Side this year. So you didn't know. see that coming. <laughs> yeah. Right. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I misspoke earlier. I said Water Springs had the week off. They're actually playing Hagerman. They will travel to Hagerman uh, for that matchup as well. And the two way games that are on the schedule this week, uh, we talked about. Soda Springs and their difficult schedule, they are going to take on Firth. So good luck, Cardinals. That's going to be a tough battle, especially for a Firth team that's got to be pretty angry coming off of that loss to West Side. We have, speaking of West Side, they're going to be in action. West Side will be taking on uh, Leighton Christian from Utah. Bear Lake is going to play a Utah team as well. They're going to play Lyman, that Lyman team that just beat Malad 14 to nothing. So we'll have to see, you know, this will be a measuring stick yeah, game we'll, for Bear Lake in term, and Matt, Malad as well, right? Yeah, you'll get to see kind of how people are stacking up against some of the similar common opponents. And uh, that's always kind of helps us as broadcasters and kind of figure things out a little bit as the season moves forward. Definitely. And Malad will be playing uh, Ryrie. They will travel to Ryrie for that contest. Um, 1A games of note. Grace is going to be at Lighthouse Christian. Um, Chalice Mackey at Rockland, as we already said. Camas County is going to play North Gem as well. And then um, a pretty interesting 2A battle that's going to be broadcast on IdahoSports.com. It's actually a Saturday contest. Saturday, 2 o'clock kickoff as North Fremont will host Melba. All the way from West Idaho. That's going to be a good matchup. A pair of teams that uh, expect to be going deep into the playoffs this year. Yeah, Melba, a super tough team that's going to come down. So that'll be that'll be that's an exciting early matchup um, in that division. That should be a good one on Idaho Sports for sure. 
Yeah, so it's Melba at North Fremont, 2 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. And West Jefferson this week will be at American Falls. That is a 3A school. American Falls played Aberdeen last week in their annual rivalry game. It was actually a game we were at last year, Sean. Uh, Aberdeen won pretty handily last year, and they win pretty handily again this year. 48-3 to the final. The question is, can the Tigers stay healthy? That was their problem last year. They started really well out of the gate, suffered some injuries, and then kind of hit a lull. Yeah, they they had some really some really good players, and um, they just didn't have a lot of them. And so when those guys went down to injuries, because they're you know they're really they're really hoping for playoffs and kind of getting out of that conference, and uh, just just didn't happen. But uh, yeah, they they were a fun team to watch, and what a great atmosphere in Aberdeen for a game. Um, <laughs> They had cannons. Yeah, it's just it was just that was a cool place to watch a game. Um, if you ever have a chance, get to Aberdeen. That's a that's a fun little football town there. Yeah, we had we had a great time in Aberdeen. Uh, Aberdeen was at American Falls. You know, they made the long trip to American Falls for that game last week. First home game is this Friday. They will host Declo, a team that we saw last year in the playoffs in, in the two A quarterfinals. Um, Declo's one and zero. Aberdeen's one and zero. That should be a good game. Friday night as well. You know, that 3A Southeast Idaho Conference, American Falls, Marsh Valley, Snake River, they all have new head coaches this year. They all went 0-3 in their season openers, and and none of the games were particularly close. We talked about American Falls. Snake River was maybe the most surprising. They went to Kimberly and gave up over 500 yards of offense and lost 34-14. to I was pretty surprised by that. Yeah, you, I, you know, I kind of thought that might be a, a barn burner when I saw that on the schedule. And uh, Kimberly is a good team, though. They're 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 just consistently always kind of good, and uh, they were able to take it to Snake River. Yeah, it was uh, pretty pretty surprising. Um, Snake River will attempt to rebound. They'll play Filer. They will travel to Filer. For that contest, um, American Falls will play West Jay, as we said. And then I got to see Marsh Valley at the Rocky Mountain Rumble, Sean. Uh, Marsh Valley actually kicked off the, the two-day event by playing South Summit, Utah. They lost uh, 47-13. to 13. And the, the, the thing about the Rocky Mountain Rumble, this was the biggest complaint that I heard, um, was the Utah schools start so early. Right, their first games of the year are August twelfth, and Idaho's barely into two days at that point. And so, the last couple of years where it's become strictly an Idaho versus Utah thing, it's heavily tilted towards the Utah schools. You know, the Idaho schools really don't have much of a chance because they're coming fresh out of the gates while they're playing a Utah school that's already, you know, had two games under their belts. So, not surprisingly, Idaho only won two of the eight games at the Rocky Mountain Rumble. Yeah, I watched that Marsh Valley um, South Summit game and just kind of out of the gun, you could just tell it was Marsh Valley's first game of the year. And uh, and uh, South Summit, you know, not going to take anything from, away from them. They're kind of a well-oiled machine. They kind of just did a lot of little things really well, I thought. And and Marsh Valley was looked like a team looking to kind of figure it out. And it's it's hard to go up to, you know, Madison on that big field and, and figure it out in that kind of uh, – in that kind of light, I think so. Um, but I still think Marshall is good. I I think Marshall had a lot of good pieces and I think they're just, I think they're going to kind of, you might forget about them a little bit and then they're going to have a big win later on in the season. That's kind of what I see from Marsh Valley. They have some dynamic athletes at the skill positions. Bradley Belknap is the new quarterback. 
Alex Vaughn is a great, he caught, you know, a 55 yard touchdown pass. They've got the Bastion twins, Corbridge and Christian, and they picked up a transfer from, from Highland. Ezra Godfrey is now playing at Marsh Valley. Yeah. Well, again, I didn't either (laughs) until I showed up and saw Ezra Godfrey suited up for Marsh Valley. (laughs) There's been a lot of transfers this off season and that's a topic for another time. Um, as we learned on another podcast uh, last week. Um, So for Marsh Valley, they've got the skill guys. The key is going to be, can the offensive line give uh, Belknap and company enough time? They lost all, all of their starters from a year ago. They're, they're replacing a lot of good production up front. When Belknap had time, he was able to connect on some deep throws. So that's going to be the key for Marsh Valley moving forward. But there was a lot to like from that Marsh Valley team. You can't just look at the score and, and judge them off of that. It was, they were walking into a, in, into a trap with, with that setup at the Rocky mountain rumble. So let's talk about the other rumble games that happened uh, with Idaho's East Idaho's five, a four, a schools. Madison was the only East Idaho team to get a win at the Rocky mountain rumble. Minico was the other team that got a win, but Madison came through uh, with, with the final game of the Rocky mountain rumble uh, they beat Tuella, Utah, um, in a game that was never close, really. They they beat them 35 to 14. Yeah, nice bounce back from Madison after going up to Hawaii and, and kind of not winning a, a winnable game. So I think that's good for Madison um, to get that win and, uh, and get get Idaho on the board there. You know, that that's helpful. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, Madison is, again, like a team I remember last year where they can just kind of, change and adapt and and kind of come up with different stuff and i think that will be very important for them as the season goes on definitely uh madison uh, goes to one and one on the season with the victory there i guess before i tackle the 5a 4a stuff we should we should wrap up what happened in the 3a ranks um sugar salem this just in they're pretty good uh they beat filer 69 to nothing they're two and oh to start the year um, to me, kind of an underreported story was Teton getting a victory over Jackson Hole, Wyoming. They Teton's got a new coach this year, David Joyce. He previously was the head coach at Jackson Hole. And so he goes from Jackson Hole to Teton to the other side of the pass. And he he had taken a Jackson program that was pretty down in the dumps and turned them into a pretty, pretty solid team. He got into back-to-back Wyoming uh 4A championship games. Um, and then he goes and beats his old team, thirty-two to fourteen. So I, I think Teton, you know, look out for the, look out for the Timberwolves. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I didn't know that that coaching change had occurred because I think I remember Jackson Jackson Hole played maybe um, the Pocatello Thunder in the Rumble a couple years past, and it was a very tightly contested game because they had just come off being in the state championship in Wyoming. So, yeah, that's great for Teton. Yeah, that was an exciting time for Teton fans. And then South Fremont went all the way up to Timberlake, all the way up in northern Idaho and got, got out of there with an 18-14 to 14 win. Um, Preston Stoddard was the IdahoSports.com player of the game. This was a game on IdahoSports.com. Uh, he had a really big, you know, uh, it was a tight game, and then he had a huge kickoff return for a touchdown early on in the second half. He had 190 all-purpose yards, also scored on a touchdown reception. So for South Fremont to come away with the 18-14 win, very impressive. And they are quietly 2-0 to start the year as well. So so District 5 goes 0-3. District 6 goes 3-0. and And now we're getting some of those cross-district games where Teton will play Marsh Valley this week. 
And so we'll we'll see if District 5 can get off the schneid. South Fremont will play Salmon. That's a 3A, 2A matchup. And Sugar Salem will play Shelly in their annual rivalry game. That's another game that you can see on IdahoSports.com coming up on Friday night. Uh, speaking of Shelly, they had a pretty cool experience. They got to go over to the Blue Turf at Albertson Stadium, Boise State University, to play Star Valley, Wyoming. Now, the, the uh, Russets lost that game 21-7. to I don't know we can take too much away. I still think Shelly's going to be a pretty good team this year. Yeah, we got to see Shelly a couple times last year, and uh, I really like what they do defensively and offensively. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they, they're they going to be a, they're a tough little 4A team. Um, it's probably one of the smaller 4A schools, but they, they bring it. And not to mention, that's got to be one of the toughest 4A conferences in football, you know, with Blackfoot, Skyline. Um, you've got a dangerous Hillcrest team, uh, and, and now – Idaho Falls too is is in there, so that that conference is just, uh, I you know that's a tough conference, and they're consistently they were fighting for the conference championship towards the end of the year. So, um, Shelley is going to be a team to watch, definitely. So you mentioned Hillcrest, uh, Brennan Mossholder in his second year as the head coach. Hillcrest played Century Friday night and got a thirty-four to eight win. Uh, this is the Century team that is still rebuilding, right? They. They had a lot of young guys last year, and now they're slightly older, but they're still kind of young compared to some other teams. Yeah, I, I don't. There's not too many starters from last year. You know, they've got a new quarterback. Uh, you know, they're they're just they're kind of learning. They're going to be learning on the fly. And Ryan Flesh, the coach, and they've got a lot of good, you know, old old coaches in there helping these guys. And it'll just be a process. And you know, and Hillcrest is a team that had a rough year last year, and you just knew they weren't going to come back and have the same kind of year as they did last year. And, uh, and uh, sometimes it just takes a little bit and Hillcrest looked good. Uh, I know centuries, they just had too many turnovers that game and, you know, in football turnovers is, is what's going to kill you. Definitely. So century 0 and one to start Hillcrest off to a one and zero start, which is great for them. Bonneville went down to Logan, Utah and played a pretty good Logan Grizzlies team and only lost 14 to nothing. I think Bonneville is really primed to turn a corner this year as well. Yeah. Bonneville had chances to win a bunch of games last year. If my mind um, doesn't mistake me and they were kind of just always on the cusp of, of getting there. And, uh, and uh, again, you know, just that's a hard division and, um, you know, we'll see what they're, what they're made of when they get into conference play, um, up there. <laughs> yeah. E- easier said than done. That's for sure. Um, in, in that league, Idaho falls was playing Thunder Ridge. Um, they got up 15 to nothing. The tigers did. And then Thunder Ridge scored the next 25 to get out of there with a 25 to 15 win. That was a game that was on IdahoSports.com. So, you know, Idaho falls a couple of times last year had problems finishing, games off um they're and one to start thunder ridge bounces back after that loss to minico in week zero so they're now one and one on the season um so a nice bounce back win for thunder ridge and then how about blackfoot blackfoot goes over to emmett in a shootout wins 49 to 32 jackson yeah. grimmett has six touchdowns five of them go to javante king yeah i have king's stat line in front of me because it jumped out of me 13 catches, 131 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. So, hello. <laughs> but the yeah. game was still close. I mean, really, it was 
uh, it was it was it was not a blowout by any means. It was more of a shootout, right? And uh, you know, I, I think Emmett is still a really good team too. But that combination of of, of King and uh, the quarterback and running back, I think Blackfoot's going to be real dangerous. Yeah, they return their top four skill guys. We've talked about it. Uh, Grimmett at quarterback, Austin Ramirez, the running back, and then King and Deegan Hale at wide receiver. So, yeah, look out for Blackfoot. They're 1-0, and they went all the way over to Emmett to get that road win, which is nice for them, certainly. And now we'll get back to, well, and I guess one more 4A, 5A game, and then we'll dive into the rest of the Rocky Mountain Rumble. Rigby, second week in a row. They go on the road. They go down to Utah to play a Skyview Bobcats team that has been uh, one of the the top contending teams in in their classification in Utah the last several years. They've had a couple of players move on to big time colleges like Utah State, um, and Rigby goes down and takes care of business as usual. Uh, they get a uh, a nice road win over Skyview Utah um, by a final of twenty seven to eight. Two of Rigby's four scoring drives lasted 17 and 19 plays. So we know Rigby can hit you with the home run, but it's also nice for the Trojans to show that, hey, we can run a 19-play drive that lasts an entire quarter and finish it off with a touchdown as well. Yeah, Rigby kind of on the same start as they were last year. Is the defense, again, is really – they're putting up a ton of points, but you know they didn't give up any points in the first game and only eight, so now they've – offensively put up 51 points and over two games they've only given up eight which if you're a head coach uh that's that's what you love to see i mean the offense is great but when you're able to just shut teams out or only give them eight points that's uh that is what you're after yeah and and luke flowers and brady packer proving to be a dynamo duo they hooked up twice for touchdowns flowers had three touchdowns overall cohen peck uh the tight end caught the other one for the Trojans. So that was a nice win for, for Rigby um, as well. And boy, they look tough. So we will uh, wait and see. All right. The rest of the Rocky mountain rumble now, and we'll kind of just go chronologically. We talked about Marsh Valley. They lost the opener. Uh, the other East Idaho team to play on Friday night was skyline. And they came out and played the Stansbury stallions from Utah. Um, they, they lose the game 68 to 42. This was like a, a back and forth shootout for about, two two and a half quarters and then in the second half skyline just ran out of steam a little bit and and fell behind by too much again third game of the year for stansbury first for skyline you know skyline's gonna score 42 a lot of nights and a lot of nights that's gonna be good enough to get the win yeah it's i mean there's plenty of basketball games that didn't have this high of a score line last year so you know uh if you get 42 if skyline gets 42 against any other Idaho team, I would I would put money on Skyline winning that game. So, yeah, just came up a tough opponent. But again, I think it's just a good measuring stick for Skyline to see what they got. Maybe make some changes um, defensively, and you know that's going to be again a you know a Skyline team that comes back looking to repeat. Um, and you know they have they have a lot of they have a lot of good pieces on that team as well. Yeah, they um, they gave up a lot of big plays. Skyline did certainly. Skyline got a lot of big plays as well. Uh, Kenyon Sadiq returned to kickoff like 85 yards for a touchdown. Skyline is this thing where they'll hand off to another guy. They do the classic, you know, return guy will wow. hand off to the other return guy and they'll get downhill that way. Um, Caden Taggart played really well. Six catches for 190 yards and two touchdowns. He made one touchdown. Lachlan Hackey led him perfectly, but the momentum took Taggart out of the back of the end zone 
and he went like crashing into the fence that's <laughs> up by the end zone. He like yeah. flipped over it like a baseball player, you know, flips over the dugout railing. Um, I thought he was going to fall all the way over, but he he was able to stay and then he came back down on the field to play. That was an exciting play for sure. And I will say that, you know, you look at Stansbury scoring 68 points. I got to I got to be honest here and, and I'm not too worried about Stansbury fans coming after me cuz I don't think Utah people listen to this but <laughs> it, I was I was pretty disappointed with Stansbury. They kept they kept pretty much all of their starters in the entire way. Um which to me was a little distasteful. Uh down the stretch, you know, the whole fourth quarter, I mean the game was never in doubt. You know, Skyline had kind of, you know, waved the flag and put in their backups. You know, Lachlan Hackey was subbed out for Carmine Garcia, the backup running back. And they started subbing in guys on defense. And 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 Stansbury never did. Like, mm-hmm. like they even their quarterback, Stansbury's starting quarterback was still running quarterback designed runs like late in the game. Like you're just asking for your guy to get hurt. I I I sincerely hope nobody does. But yeah. to me, it, it was kind of Bush League, and I'll be honest. I was talking to another Utah school the following day about it, and they they said we're not surprised. That's how Stansbury is. They're kind of jerks, and and so you know, Skyline fans will tell you, it was kind of unnecessary for them to keep their starters in the whole way. I didn't see what purpose it served, and so, anyways, I was pretty disappointed with the lack of sportsmanship from Stansbury, Utah. I was just thinking maybe Utah's max prep rankings had some equation where former championships gave them more points, but. <laughs> Maybe right. that's just wishful thinking. <laughs> they do. I don't think they do anything with max preps. They do. So, they they have their own in-house RPI type thing. I think. Yeah, I think Utah. you're correct there. Yeah, that's always bad. You got to. You get the. I mean, football is just. You're one injury away from your season being in the. You know, done because of how important a skilled guy could be. You know, to your team. So, I'm not saying someone can't step up, but I I think I'm I'm always on the on the thing of. Just get them out of there and get those kids minutes, man. You know, nothing builds a program like minutes. I can tell you Westside is good because those kids get minutes that don't play all the time because they're they're blowing people out. And I, and if they're if they're the record for how to do things, I'm following that record, that that map <laughs> because they do it real well. Definitely. Um, and and you know, this also happened. A, a Stansbury kid got ejected for throwing a punch. Um as well. So, and it was their leading tackler on defense. So anyways, uh, not, not the greatest sign of sportsmanship from our friends to the South in Utah, but skyline's going to bounce back. They'll be fine. Um, the second day of the rumble, uh, Pocatello came out and they played Morgan. They lose 35 to seven. Uh, Dre Contreras is kind of the next guy in line in terms of Pocatello quarterbacks. He didn't play on Saturday and I didn't, I'll admit I didn't have time to ask because there's only X amount of time between games. You know, I'm pretty yeah. much scrambling to get ready for the next game. Um, I guess he, he was know, he was hurt and he hasn't been cleared to play as far as I know yet. I, I mean, he's he was been hurt coming into it uh, into the season or maybe or during practice during preseason and he wasn't cleared to play yet. And uh, and the last thing I heard is he still isn't. But I, I, I don't know. I haven't heard a whole lot from from that camp. Yeah, I mean, he was. I guess the the thing that threw me off was he was dre- he was dressed up. He was he was in full pads, um, and he just stood on the sideline with his helmet off the whole game. You know, in yeah. in his hand, he, he was active. He was engaged on the sideline, but he, I mean, he didn't play. Yeah, obviously, I, I believe it's a leg injury, and they just 
you know, they do whatever the thing pregame thing to check to see if they're ready to go. And I guess he didn't, he didn't pass out or didn't pass it before, but, or, you know, maybe they just didn't, you know, want anyone thinking he wasn't going to play, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to leave it up to chance, but that, that's, I think that's a difference maker for the Pokedal Thunder. He got in last year and, um, I could have saw him playing all year last year with the games he got into last year. So I think that's, that's going to be, I'll be big for them. I think going forward, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he had to start the black and blue bowl against Highland. Yeah, I believe that's true. And and I can't, he played, I can't remember how he played two or three games and he, he looked pretty good. And um, I, I know there was talk about maybe this guy could be, you know, the, the quarterback. Cause they, you know, those other, you know, pain you probably put pain anywhere he could probably do it like we need you to do this he i mean i could see him doing it so uh but you know you gotta trust your guys and stuff but they i i think they saw a future in this guy and i just from what i understand it was a leg injury and he just wasn't cleared to play but you know don't quote me on that sure um but you're right the offense was certainly different they went with the sophomore hunter may at quarterback um in, in true Pocatello fashion, the backup QB can't wear a QB number. Dre was 37, I believe, uh, last year. He's now number two, but Hunter May is number 35. So he's a, he's back there playing quarterback. He's a good athlete. Um, and, and he tried to, he tried to push the ball. The, the biggest problem for Pocatello was they're, they're a downfield passing attack, right? They, they love cool. to hit, they love to hit the home run ball. The wind was so bad on Saturday in Rexburg that it, it was almost impossible unless you were throwing with the wind. And even with the wind, it was causing passes to kind of be all off kilter. So it, it was really hard for Pocatello to pass with, with the wind that was going on. Um, you know, the, the, the real turning point though, was they lined up for a punt and um, I didn't go back and watch the replay. I, I should have done this, but in real time, this is what it looked like to us in the booth. The, the punter lines up for Pocatello he goes to punt. Hunter May is the personal protector. He the punter, you know, goes to punt Garrett Keller and and Keller punts it and it goes like right into the butt <laughs> of Hunter May. Oh no. <laughs> and it like bounces back to Keller, the punter and he's he's punting from his own end zone. So he all of a sudden there's two Morgan guys there to wrap him up. He gets spun around and he doesn't obviously want to get tackled for a safety. So he, with his back turned to the field, just throws it behind his behind his back one-handed like that, and Hunter May catches it. <laughs> now, it was for like a loss of four yards, but it, it was... It wasn't a safety. <laughs> right. It, it was a pretty incredible athletic play, actually, from the Pocatello special teams. But that, I don't know, that kind of summed up the day for, for Pocatello. And I, I think they'll be much better um as well uh you can't really judge them on this 35 to 7 loss uh highland played as well they played lehigh utah which was by far the best team there in terms of the utah teams that were coming there was no doubt highland highland got the tough draw they, they got lehigh um and highland is dealing with a pretty significant injury right now um they're starting running back jackson riddle is out with a um collarbone injury broken collarbone and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks and so they kind of went with a pair of defensive players at running back they kind of alternated kai callen who normally is a corner he he played running back and then for the first time since his freshman year all-state oh. linebacker mason fulmer got in yeah. and played some running back for highland as well so you remember fuller getting in when uh 
uh, Caleb uh, the uh, Musio went out in the playoffs and pretty good. And yeah, everyone always kind of thought he might be a, a running back in the making, but man, he's a he's a lights out linebacker. Yeah, they, I mean that Lehigh team was was no joke. They've got a their quarterback is committed to Colorado State. Um, they've got a defensive end that um, had 23 and a half sacks last year. Uh, Lehigh's punt return guy led the entire nation in return yardage a year ago. So, they're, I mean, they're legit. Highland loses 42 to seven. The one touchdown came on a pick six from Kai Callen. Um, and, and for Highland, again, I don't think you can, you can take too much away from this game. Highland's got potential. I'll tell you, their, their defense, I thought, actually played really well despite allowing the 42 points. Um, their front seven, I think, is going to be a strength again for Highland, especially the linebackers. Yeah. And if they can get Riddle back and just work on, you know, they had some drop passes and just the timing was off a little bit on some of the routes. Um, I, I think Highland's going to be pretty good. Yeah, and, you know, last year their defense was just great for Highland too. And, you, you know, if your defense can get it locked in, you can make those little adjustments in the offense. Um I think easier. So yeah, I think Highland's going to be Highland's going to be tough. I, I can't wait, you know, for that, you know, Highland rugby is always in the back of my mind. Cause we, it, oh, that game is always, you know, down the road somewhere and you're just, you just get so excited for it. Yeah. Well, before Highland rugby this Friday night, we have Highland at skyline East Idaho oh, game night. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I forgot. That's going to be a great game. Oh, that's going to be a fantastic broadcast. Uh, Lauren Jensen will be on the call for that game Friday night from Ravston Stadium. Uh, or actually, Lance Taylor will be on the call for that game okay. from Ravston Stadium on IdahoSports.com as uh, Highland will take on Skyline. And yes, that is going to be a phenomenal um, game for sure. Um, and that's really what's happening in football. I guess uh, Preston also did play on Thursday. Uh, they played South uh, Sevier, Utah. Um, and lost 31 to 21, but the pirates were a lot more competitive in, in that game than they were in, in the season opener against Lakeland. So, um, you know, Pre Preston's a team to keep an eye on as things move along as well. Um, this is going to be a big volleyball weekend though, in East Idaho, Sean, the annual Peg Peterson tournament that's hosted by Highland is, is coming to Pocatello. And this is one of the premier regular season tournaments in the state of Idaho for volleyball. Yeah, I, t uh, I got a hold of Travis Bell, the Highland Athletic Director, because I, I, I wanted to know how long have they been doing this tournament? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and he said at least 20 years, so probably even longer than 20 years. So you, you've got a tournament that with uh, that's been around for over 20 years is just, just amazing. You've got a ton of teams. Um, if you look at the, at the teams that are coming, you've got multiple teams that are ranked in the coaches poll um, throughout all the divisions, you've got a sugar Salem, you've got wood river, you've got Highland, which is ranked. Um, you have Centennial from Boise. You have fruitland. Who's always good. Um, you know, Rigby snake river. Uh, Shelly always has a tough fly ball team. You got, you got filer bear Lake. Um, Malad always has good volleyball Preston and Gooding and skyline and Middleton. I, I mean, I didn't name them all, but you've just got, you just got, you just got talent across the board. I was going through. You've got all these teams. Um, you got Wood River, who just had a big upset of Twin Falls. Well, they're calling it upset. I mean, Wood River has been pretty solid in volleyball and really competing with Twin Falls. But, you know, they're coming off that kind of big win versus their uh, conference rivals. So really some just really good pool play. Uh, to uh, You know, they get in little pods or pools and 
they'll play it out into the different divisions and um you know it's really nice you've got highland and then you, you've you've got the mech um hosting some of those games and the mech is just a stone throw away from highland yeah and they'll set up you know there could be up to like four matches at a time going on in the in the uh, mec the mountain view event center for sure um sugar salem won the peg peterson tournament last year uh so we will see if the diggers can repeat uh they're going to be pretty good again this year in 3a volleyball um yeah, Pe- peg peterson was just an icon in terms of athletics, uh, not just in Pocatello and for Highland, but really girls athletics in the state of Idaho. She was really a pioneer. She came to Pocatello in 1961, which was, you know, some time ago. Um, and she started working at Highland in 1969 and, and kind of, st- that, I mean, volleyball started under her watch at Highland. I mean, she was the pioneer laying the groundwork for, What's now women's sports in general? I think all women's sports were started um, essentially because of her, you know, at Highland and kind of across the state getting getting women or girls sports going. Yeah. And she wasn't just it wasn't just volleyball. I mean, she coached basketball at Highland. She coached track and field. I mean, look at this as a basketball coach. First year or, or first time she takes Highland to state, they win it. She never had a losing season career record of 240 and 57 that's a lot of 20 win seasons yeah it's and then she coached all 15 curls track events while helping the team take second only only coached 15 events Uh, yeah no no problem jeez the the throwers the jumpers the sprinters um you know, and 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 volleyball, of course, she was outstanding as well. She took Highland to state eleven out of seventeen years in volleyball, twenty three years as a head coach, three hundred sixty four wins, a hundred and eighty nine losses, which again is just outstanding. So, and that's why she was introduced to the Hall of Fame of you know Idaho sports in two thousand. An easy, easy choice for that i mean i don't you know there you don't even have to vote i mean get her the black <laughs> seriously there should probably be an award named after her at some point i'm surprised so, there's not really actually now that you think of it but yeah, yeah there should be definitely so one of the great events uh for volleyball is coming to um southeast idaho this week now these games won't actually count for anything sean new rule from the ihsaa regular season tournament games will not count towards your conference standings will not count for the max prep rankings. So, you know, there won't be anything official that goes down, but winning this tournament is still a significant accomplishment. Yeah. And you know why it's, it's what I like about it is you get that cross conference play. It doesn't matter if you're three a or whatever a you can win it. And, And it's really cool when you see a smaller school, you know, I love that when a smaller school beats the, the bigger school. And, and that's why I like um, tennis tournaments when we get to play all the different divisions too. And you, you really just get to see who has the best team, the best players just showcased. And um, it doesn't matter your division. It just matter who plays best in that weekend. I mean, you might not even be the best team, but just have a good weekend, get a couple couple wins and get a little momentum. And but that's, that's like volleyball. You know, your, your normal match in volleyball isn't like a tournament. And I, I think most coaches will tell you that is that tournament experience is what is what makes or break you. So if you have a good Peg Peterson tournament, the sky's the limit because you only get so many opportunities to get that tournament experience. 
definitely. It's it's going to be a lot of fun to see how that all goes down this weekend. Um, that'll do it for this edition of the East Idaho Prepcast. We've gone long. I apologize, Sean. We'll be a little more concise next time. Um, but thanks for always for doing this. We appreciate it. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. All right. For Sean Kane, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.